Please let me know if this ain't love. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. We've built successful online businesses without sacrificing our creativity or joy or nerdery or authenticity or uh, our woefully artistic sensibilities. And we want to help you do the same. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If this was Shawshank Redemption, he would for sure be Morgan Friedman. He just kind of has that tenor in his voice. Caleb Logic, he'd definitely be Tony Robbins. Just kind of a troubled, like, but really earnest, tall person. Um, and me, Chase Reeves. I'd be the sewer that they run through at the end to get to freedom. <laughs> Leaving that in. Listen, you are here because you want to create a business that supports you, right? That's why you're here. But there's this challenge, this tension between doing something that you care about, something that you're great at, and something others find valuable. This is something that all three of us have felt. For myself, I can say it's been intense at times, this sort of tension between these things. And so many of our entrepreneurs at Fizzle and Think Traffic deal with these questions. And so that's what we dive into in this conversation. We explore the tension of value, of usefulness, of personal interest and in, in care slash passion. Ooh, it's a bad word to say. And we share some of our own personal stories. We also answer a couple listener questions and share a huge tip from a Fizzle founder's story you won't want to miss. Um, I will be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. Here, Okay, so I just literally, I've, I'm in the Bay Area. Where literally. I took, where I took the BART from my house in Oakland to Corbett's house in San Francisco. And on the, I, like we had something scheduled to talk about, but I just, I, I as I'm wont to do, threw it out. Because I'm thinking and struggling literally with this thing. Okay. This thing. So if it's okay with you guys, I'd like to talk about this thing. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead and tell us what this thing is. Okay. So um, we, we, here's where we are in real time uh, and in real life. I, we made the first episode. We actually recorded it yesterday and I sent it to some friends and I got some feedback on them uh, of this podcast and uh, heard great things, you know, and then, but, uh, but also some good critical stuff as well. And one from, from Chris Johnson was he, he mentioned like there's some self indulgent prattling going on throughout sort of little bits here and there <laughs> yep. overall he was like it's pretty good and i kind of laughed a little bit and there was some value but most but there's also some self-indulgent prattling and now this actually doesn't doesn't hurt my feelings at all i kind of feel the same way you know what i mean i we're 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 really in this thing and we're really trying to figure it out and, and we're also trying to have a good time you know um so but it made me think about all these other struggles that i have with business Okay, which is, and I'm trying to figure out how the best best way to put this is, but it's basically balancing me and them. Okay, me being me, like what I want to do, so being the selfish form of yeah, being yeah. The, the ego, right? Being me, uh, and them being like the people who would potentially click and buy my thing, mm-hmm. the people who would potentially thumbs up and recommend and like my, the thing. the people who were doing this for the people, yeah. And not just about this podcast, but this is uh, but about anything I've ever done, right? Yep. Um, th- and so, and it reminded me. Okay, so I have a few things come to mind. 
Okay. First of all, I remember back in, uh, I don't remember how long it was. I think it was on DIY Themes website that Derek Halpern had a video where he's like, all right, here's the number one reason why so many bloggers fail. And then he just, and it's like a black screen. And, it, they, and then he just goes, me, 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 right? right? And it's always stuck with me because it's so true. You can be so self-involved, as Chris Johnson said in the feedback, self-indulgent, like almost like you're looking back into yourself and saying, oh, you're so great. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're never even coming up for air to look at them and right. realizing they're not clicking. Right? Well, and this is, this is really easy to relate to anyone, even if you don't blog or whatever, it's that it's that person who you're having a conversation with at a party or whatever, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you get five minutes into the conversation and you realize they're just talking at you. They're, they don't. They're not looking to yeah. see if you care anymore. If you're connecting with them, they're not asking you any questions. It just becomes like you're talking for your own sake instead of to the people that are listening. Yeah, exactly. And I guess what I would say one with one caveat is like I've been in that situation and they're just talking about themselves. And then I'm kind of talking about like in my golden retrieverness of like these are the things I really want to do. I really want to do this. This is what I want to do. This is going to be cool. People are going to love this. This is great. This is great. This is right. great. You know what I mean? And and it's not necessarily uh selfish. It's just what I want to do mm-hmm. versus the work that needs to be done, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and this is something that, you know, I think we'll cover Actually, today we were going to cover finding your voice, yeah. you know, and I think that's a whole separate topic, but yeah. they are sort of interrelated yep. because it's about figuring out who you are as a person who's addressing an audience, yeah. not just who you are as a person. Because if you if you want to grow an audience, if you want to do something that's a value to other people so that you can create a business around it, you have to do something that appeals to those people and it can't just necessarily be appealing to yourself. However like we were talking about yesterday, you do have to do things that you enjoy personally as well, right? Because otherwise you get bored with it. Yeah, and so I'm wondering what the what this balance, the balance is. Yeah. And then even and, when you're first starting out, you know, there aren't people listening. And so you sometimes just have to pretend who are these people. And like there's yeah. an exercise that we're going to talk about today about how you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and as you listen to the masters of different media, like for example, the masters of podcasting, and you think, the about masters of the, podcasting. That's I a just, series we should do. I can picture Season a poster. <laughs> who's on the poster of the masters of podcasting? It'd be like like everybody's in superhero stuff, and it's like Mark Marin, and like <laughs> and he's like, ah, God, what'd you get me here up in, so early in the morning for? <laughs> and Chris Hardwick and Dan Benjamin, and they're all in, anyways. Anyway, so if you think about those people. And you listen to their podcasts. In some cases, like if you're listening to WTF, there seems to be a lot of self-indulgence going on there. Yeah. However, um, he happens to be a really interesting person yeah. and is good at telling stories. And so some of that self-indulgence is okay mm. as long as you, I think you come up for air and you think, you know, because when we're podcasting, you know, there's nobody sitting here. You can't read the audience. Yeah. You can look over at me and see if I'm sleeping, yeah. but you can't. You know, I was thinking before 
uh, the first podcast that maybe we should have cut out a few faces of people that we know are like Dude. part of our other communities and just pin them up on the wall <laughs> yeah. and look over to see see what they're thinking about what we're talking about <laughs> once in a while. I like that. <laughs> so this question to me, uh, and, th- and it always comes down to, um, you know, one of the courses that I have inside of uh, Fizzle is the Defining Your Audience course. And to me, it's, this, is like, this is like my masterwork in some ways. This is of, of everything that I've learned in marketing. I've, I've basically applied most... Uh, everything all the big stuff in this in this one course and one of the things i've learned since making that is that there i should have figured out where to put this word value okay and i don't i don't mean like multi-meal value i don't mean like more for your buck i mean making something that's actually valuable and and an understanding what the value is and what you're creating. Right. So when I was on the BART on the way here, I was listening to another podcast called 99% Invisible with Roman Mars. And he talks about uh, just like a design and architecture and the things that are around this world and how they were made. And it's just very interesting, right? And I was, as I was kind of wondering like about self-indulgence, I, I thought about him like, and in this, in this program. Like what? Is this self-indulgent? Is this valuable? What's the value that he's creating? And why is he making it good? Is this just something he wants to do? And I realized there's a difference between some between like almost like the infantile or the toddler-esque thing of like, I just want to do this right now. And now I just want to do this. And now I just want to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, he's not doing that. He's making a really, really good show. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of work. Just yeah. like, uh, what's, who's the philosopher that said, you know, I didn't have a, enough time to make this a short message. So it's going to be long, you know what I mean? And the, the idea that, that you have to, you make, it takes a lot it of work. It takes work. Yeah, and, and, and a great example of that is like the sales video that we've been shooting, yeah. the new sales video. So it ends up being about six minutes of material, but seriously, weeks and weeks of work yeah. go into that six minutes. I mean, just the shooting alone was like, you know, six hours times three of us, and then the editing and the scripting and all that stuff to get down to a really, you know, poignant boiled down six minutes podcasting is a little bit different you know when there's the three of us it's like how much time are we going to prepare yeah and so that self-indulgent prattling stuff that you're talking about i think yeah. it's more likely to happen when you're less scripted because right. you kind of go into your normal mode of we're just shooting the shit and having conversation yeah. and whatever you know and so the question is how much preparation do you do and when you sit down to write a blog post like you know are you just is it just like thinking out loud or do you kind of start with an outline and jot down, you know, the things that you want your audience to take away and then boil it down and rehash it and get to something that's kind of filed down and, yeah. you know, finely tuned. Yeah. And, and so I guess, cause in, in some ways what I'm interested in is, is how you guys balance this, not just on a blog post or a podcast, like specifically, but also just in business ventures in general. Yeah. Because there's often times where I'm sitting asking, like, is this a good undertaking? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is this something to do? You know, and I, I'm learning more and more about the real world of business where they're like doing market research and discovering, uh, there's a word, a term for like the size of the market, the market, whatever, poachability. I don't know what they <laughs> use, but these concepts that have never crossed my mind, right? All right. I, I, because I'm just, I'm the enthusiast. I'm the guy who sees the thing and I'm like, oh, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. I want to be a part of that scene. Like designers, uh, I really like the designer guys that I follow or, or like the, the blogger guys that I follow be, because it's like, I like who they are. I like what they're about. I want to. I want to 
I want to surround myself with that kind of crew instead of the pinstripe suit walking around downtown with briefcase crew. Because right? you think it's a good opportunity or whatever. Not even, not, but in, opportunity never even shows up. Yeah. It's just literally, it's my heart's desire. It's what right. I want to do. You know what right. I mean? So what I'm trying to, because, and now, so that's my, my uh, bias is towards whatever my heart wants to do, right? That, that's who I am. What's it like for you guys? Do you have this challenge where you're prone to do these things before actually thinking them through? Um, Don't all jump in all at once. <laughs> well, even like going back to when we first started Fizzle, what Corbett and I did is we each went away for a day or something and we came back with three profiles of people that we wanted to serve. And some of them were modeled off of actual people that maybe had taken courses from us and stuff. But some of them were just, you know, ideal customers. And I think any business could do that. And then when you're struggling, am I talking too much about me? You can just look and see, okay, is this going to help at least one of these three people that I've put together? And, you know, Corbett, if you want to talk through what some of those things we like write down about those people are, I think that'd be helpful. Well, I mean, in the beginning, like you said, Caleb, in the very beginning, when you're trying to build an audience and no one exists yet, Mm -hmm. you have to, I mean, I find it useful to literally write down attributes of those people so that you start to get a feel for who they might be, even though they're just fabricated. So, so we, we wrote down, each of us wrote down and Chase actually did this as well. And I think at first you felt like it was a weird exercise to go through but the question is you know who are we building this thing for yeah not knowing who they are right now but in the future who they might be because if we if we act as if we're talking to those people then we're going to attract those kinds of people yeah so the question is who do we want to be serving you know yeah but at the same time like okay think about it who do you want to be serving Right, and you write up something uh, uh, and then and then now the, the next ten years of your life you're just gonna you're just gonna work for them, right? At what point does that get tedious to you? <laughs> well, when you say it like that <laughs> ten years like but you know but like and to literally that's that's kind of what I think though of yeah. of uh, not not the ten year part, but like you know my my I, my my understanding of business my my philosophy of it is like you find something that helps that that and help is like you know, a, a term that, uh, that's easy to use and, and might, you yeah. might not necessarily mean it. Help you know or, I mean? yeah. So you, you find, so I like to use the word serve, right? So I want to make, I want to serve this audience for the rest of my days. Uh, and uh, as far as I can tell. And the, now that I've made that investment in that audience, I know I can just do the research and discover what their things are, right? But, like, I com- but I'm comparing it to like in my head of the marketing consultant who works at an agency or the guy who works at an agency who's just like all he does is work with clients, like doing SEO keyword research or something. Like, come on, kill me, uh. kill me now, right? Not, not with nothing against keyword research or all this stuff, but just it's like, and that's just not my. I guess maybe it's just my not my personality type. But the, let's get back to the matter of ha- at hand, which is really, what is value, and how can. Like, is there a magic balance between, you know, we're all geeking out about lifestyle design. We're all geeking out about what do I want my life and my business to be like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yet I still want to have a, I just want to have a blog and work online and I still want to make money. You know what I mean? So we're trying to balance this me with the them stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think um, some people 
are interesting enough and entertaining enough and you know multi-dimensional enough to infuse a lot of themselves yeah. in the work and that makes that work more valuable and more important because yeah. you want to get to know who that person is others um maybe think that they're more entertaining than they really are mm-hmm. and so there's a balance i notice how you're looking at me when you say this <laughs> i can't i just can't help but notice i'm feeling no i was looking at the reflection like back at myself you're directing this at me but and and how do you know what that is i don't know uh, personally you know this this kind of gets to finding your voice and trying out a lot of different things i think yeah. If you're podcasting or you're blogging or whatever, you can pontificate about, you know, how much of myself should I put in it? How much self-indulgence should there be versus how much audience stuff there should be? There has to be a core element of this is useful to an audience. And if the usefulness to the audience is entertainment, then maybe it's fine to be self-indulgent, you know, a very self-indulgent. If the value is more like you're trying to give them useful stuff that they can use, in some way, then it, it probably needs to be less self-indulgent. But um, my point was, if you're blogging or podcasting or creating content of any kind, in the beginning, you have no idea where that line is, especially given you and your audience. Mm. So if that's the case, then you essentially need to experiment and find out where that line is. And this is where I see a lot of people getting stuck in a rut with their content creation because they basically create the same kind of thing over and over again and somehow expect that they're going to go through a transformation process and start to find an audience. And if you're trying the same thing over and over again and it's not working, you're not growing anyone, then that probably means that you're not creating enough value. Maybe you're being too self-indulgent. Maybe the thing that you think is so valuable is just not that interesting or useful to people. So you have to you know, push the envelope on both sides, you know, Go full tilt on how to valuable information. Go full tilt on, hey, this is me. These are my inner workings. And I thought you'd want to know this because I went through this journey and I'm going to tell you, you know, how it changed me and how that might, you know, help you change. Like, I found personally that some of that very self indulgent, revealing stuff has made it easier for me to grow an audience. Well, I wrote a post, um, I don't know, two and a half years ago or something called 33 Things I've Never Told You um, because I felt like I was, again, not being my true self when I wrote content. And um, so I decided to write this post basically just kind of burying my soul to to give this voice that people were listening to a little bit more dimensionality, you know, to say like, oh, he moons people from moving vehicles. Like, that tells me something about that guy that I didn't know before. You know, he, yeah. he's just been giving me these blogging tips this whole time, and it turns out that we have something in common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I so I, I think I hear you saying that from a perspective of, uh, of content creation. Uh huh. And I'm, and I think that's all. That's very. That's very true. I mean, I, I it's something I can't get away from, or when I try to get away from, I mean, I just fall apart. When I try to be smart. When I try to be a Corbett Barr, like was my blog posts, like they don't do well. But when I do a Chase Reeves, like, and I'm not talking about do well in terms of uh, traffic or whatever, but in just in terms of like, I find that thing a year later, and I'm like, I really, I really like did it. I really encapsulated what I was getting at there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And those end up for me, my personality type, my voice. Those end up being for sure the biggest posts that I write. You know what I mean? Um, 
being what? what you, being what? the kind where I'm actually in my voice, like okay. like all like almost over the top, or just you know, like like goofy and heart and like yeah. just yeah, yeah. So, but but what I'm kind of thinking more about is business, I, an idea like asking, yeah, you know, um, or asking, deciding, yeah, like okay. like should I start a blog on or should I start a blog on or yeah. should I should I create um, products that cater to person X or should I create per- products that cater to person Y? You yeah. know what I mean? For me, that's um, that's kind of an easy question. What's your, how do you answer it? I would way rather do something that you know uh, makes me excited. He just throws his arm in the in the air and <laughs> like expects a- you to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks at home, you couldn't see that. I'm raising my fist in the air like something that really gets me excited. I would way rather do that. Right. Than- well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We and all would rather fine. do that. So, so why not do that? I mean, wouldn't you rather like a, a life of, I mean, this is, this is kind of the starving artist question. Like, you know, as you're growing up, do you decide to become a dentist because you can make a lot of money and it's safe and your parents will be you proud can. of you? Or do you decide to start a band and say, screw it, I'm going to pursue this dream of mine? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I should I should be the dentist, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. What's the right answer? I feel like, you know, I know enough about business to know like hey, you should be a dentist. But but in some ways, of course, of course, of course we want to do something that we like, right? right? The challenge is uh in we're doing this podcast because we we like it. We like it. And we want to do it in a way uh not to get too specific, but that we want to do it in a way that that we have fun doing it as well as we make it valuable for other people to kind of look in, see behind the curtain and see like, hey, here's how we talk about business. Here's how we're, we're literally discovering these things and trying to figure them out. Here's some tips, tricks, and statistics from our businesses that we're running. Yeah. You know, um, because we, I know that can be helpful because I've listened to guys in my position that are five years older or 10 years older. And, and I'm just, and it's always so valuable to hear their human, you know, singular story about these things, yeah. right? But... The thing that sparked that that sparked this conversation is is I think a very true piece of criticism about self and being too self indulgent, right? And so I guess what but but what you said what you started this was the self indulgence was in the context of content creation, yeah. which to me is very different than in the context of choosing a business um, topic around something that you're really interested in. Yeah, I think that's okay. To I think be you're right. I think you're right, but. I think, and so I think you're right. So let's talk about a little bit about both of them. Yeah. Okay. So in ter- and the idea of like t- choosing a business, the idea of picking something, I don't know, to 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 sprint at for the next couple of years, right? How do you, like, I don't know, how do you? <clears throat> I mean, uh, again, it's a mix. I think all else being equal, I'd way rather choose a topic that's something that I'm interested in, but. Um, like Chris uh, Gillibo likes to say, you know, maybe I love playing Halo on the Xbox all day long, but nobody's going to pay me to do that. Yeah. So at some point you have to be, you know, you have to think about what's the marketability of this thing. Yeah. And um, sometimes the marketability is really low. It's very unlikely that you're going to make money at something. So you kind of have to blend those two things. And maybe the thing that you want is to do something that's fun and you can be respected for, but at the same time also not you know, have to eat ramen every day. Um, and so that's where I think those things kind of converge. You have to think about what do I love to do? What am I good at? And, you know, be honest about that. Yeah. Look look inside yourself and think what you're good at. And then also look at the market and think, 
you know, what is the demand out there? What do people need help with that they aren't being served by yeah. right now? And how could I fill that with this combination of my passion and the thing that I'm good at? And I feel like that last part is the thing that you and Caleb are really good at. Like when you go up to the mountain and write your, you know, customer profiles and, and discover if there's a market here and what the things were, you know, I would have been already making a thing that would go down a dead end alley. You know what I mean? That yeah. would burn me out and nobody would find helpful. It, yeah. You know, I would have already been making that and been be like, oh, no, you know. Whereas you guys are smart, you look at uh, statistics of, like, I don't know, baseball teams or whatever you look at that tell you if it's going to be a good exactly year. exactly where we get our business info. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Caleb, what are you hearing over there? I mean, I totally agree with what Corbett's saying about the whole convergence thing, because I think when people get started, they have all this interest in the thing, but they don't know how they're going to help people. They don't know these problems that they're going to solve. Yeah. And you always yeah. say, like, you have to find their dragon, and you have to go and slay this dragon. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is I have to take my own advice on this, right? And it's but okay that's... for that dragon to be your dragon too, and I think that kind of convergence helps with the me versus the audience. If you have the same problems, like Steve Cam at Nerd Fitness, he had the same problems. He was trying to bulk up as a skinny guy, and when he started just writing for himself, he was also writing for this audience that he now has. You know, it's just... Yeah nerds and people that are out of shape that want to be better. Yeah. So I, uh, here's maybe another angle in on this question. You know, there's, there's doing something to help others that have this problem. And then there's how you feel about that. Cause I might be, you know, we like, mm. like it's easy to start something and be excited about it for a year and a half or two years. Yeah. It's really hard to, to be really enthusiastic about that problem in three years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe maybe the business moves on to a different problem or it matures with the audience or whatever. Yeah. But like uh, like for example, a nerd fitness, you know, if you're if if you're focused on the beginner and you're talking to a beginner, like a first time sort of I, I you know, uh, an unhealthy sort of nerd in a desk job or doing whatever and it's like I want to get healthy. What do I need to do? And you cater your site to that because there's lots of those people because yeah. the opportunity is at those people. There's not a big opportunity at people medium of the way through, you know what I mean? Because they're almost a little tepid, you know what I mean? They're not yep. hot, they're not cold. Whereas you find someone who's just really wants, the desire is really big over here, right? So there's the business opportunity. Yep. But then five years into that, how do you keep going? Right, right. So, and this is a problem for everybody. I mean, I, talking to uh, Leo Babauta, who writes Zen Habits, Yeah, he's been doing that for six and a half years or something, and he feels like he's covered Every topic he possibly there's only can. so ways to re- so, so many this, ways to rearrange your closet. So there's a couple of options here, right? Yeah. So one option is you build a big company and you become like the CEO strategy guy, and there are people underneath you doing the day to day stuff. So that you know, once your enthusiasm fades a little bit, there are younger, fresher minds that can kind of pick up the slack. But most of us, I think, we're talking about people in our audience who are interested in building small businesses, like yeah. one to five person businesses. So in that case, your option is. Uh, suck it up and just try to find the motivation, dig deep. But in a lot of cases, what I see happening is an evolution, um, which is interesting because when you build an audience, like let's say Steve Cam, or here's a good example, Gary Vaynerchuk, yeah. uh, somebody that Caleb interviewed recently. Gary Vaynerchuk is a famous wine guy. He uh, did a daily wine video show for a couple of years. It was kind of groundbreaking. And he got really tired of answering the question, what 
wine goes with fish every day, yeah. right? Because people yeah. have the exact same question over and over again. And so for how many years can you do that? And some people have this magic stamina, others don't. In Gary's case, he's been able to turn that audience that he built around wine into more than that. He started speaking at conferences because of his knowledge of video and social media. And then he turned that into this new huge social media marketing company for big brands yeah. or, or just marketing, you know, branding company basically. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, as long as you make progress and dedicate yourself to it for long enough that you make a significant dent in whatever it was that you were after, you can turn that into something else. I started blogging. You gave me a lot of credit earlier and Caleb saying like that we do all this analysis and figure out what we're yeah. going to do before we do it. That's not, that's not necessarily true. I started blogging on a whim because I was on a vacation. I was on a sabbatical for six months driving around Mexico and I wanted to ask myself questions out loud about what I thought about career and life and how the two integrated together. Yeah. And so I just started talking out loud and then I found that some people were listening and I started to cultivate that audience. And then I kind of got to a dead end realizing, well, I can talk about, you know, these big questions, lifestyle design sort of questions all I want, but um, I haven't fully figured it out myself. So I'm not going to be able to like create some big business or products out of this necessarily. So that's where the self-indulgence and the business aspects, the marketability aren't necessarily lined up. And so I took a step back and said, What's something that I know? What's something that people need and something that I'm excited about? And to me, helping people grow audiences online, figuring out how to actually grow an audience was one of those things. And that's why I started Think Traffic. So the audience that I'd started building um, at my initial blog, then a portion of it came over. So that progress that I had made wasn't wasted. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I could turn it into something else. So I think in the beginning, like, you know, maybe you can't know the answer to that and it's okay to just do something that you're interested in and and try to think about how it might serve other people but you're not going to have all the answers figured out in the beginning and i think what's interesting about that to me is this idea of like yeah do do something and do it for a couple of years and see what it's like then so like this question that you have now yeah. or this passion you know oh, don't say passion. That's another one. We're going to get into that. that should, we have like a wha- should we have a whammy button or something? Like, <laughs> But no, but like that's something that I would like to discuss in a further episode, in a later episode, is that, it, you know, the, pa- the passion is a debate. But it, the, unfortunately, not unfortunately, I mean, we're literally, we're on that topic in some ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. This concept of the things that I want to do versus the things that can, that are valuable to other people. Right. And I think, you know, we know the sweet spot is when you can just nail both of those. Nail both of them. But isn't that kind of, uh, that's again, like back to like, that's one of life's questions. Like, yeah. you know, we would all like to just travel around in a VW bus and smoke lots of ganja and well, some of us play guitar yeah. and what, you know, I mean, thing. we would all like to do that, but we can't necessarily get paid for that. So you have to reconcile, you know, all the things that you want from your life. Yeah. And if you don't care about money or, or serving other people, then just serve yourself. That's fine. But a business isn't isn't just self indulgence. Yeah. Yeah, In the yeah. end, a business has two components. It has the people that make things and the people who consume or purchase those things. And the two have to meet in the middle at some point. Mm-hmm. So since we're talking about business, you know, it can't be completely self indulgent. Um, but I know that you know, it's really hard to do something well if you don't care about the topic that much. Yeah. So that's where I think some people go about building a business in the opposite way, which isn't 
necessarily correct, which is to look for an opportunity, no matter what the topic is, to say, oh, shit, like plumbers really need help with, you know, <laughs> with um, keeping their pants up. So, uh. so I'm going to build, so I'm going to build something that helps them do that. And, and you start down that path because you do the keyword research or whatever. Yeah. And you find out that there's an opportunity there. And then, you know, two months into it, you, it, it fizzles out yeah. because you're bored with it. It's yeah. not something that your heart was in in yeah. the first place. I like that. I, I think these are interesting. Caleb, do we have, uh, we have a, a, a listener question to get to, don't we? Yes. And it's kind of related, kind of not, but. Here it goes. Um, we have Nick, who is one of our star fizzlers. He asks, people know they're being sold to, yet people don't like being sold to. How do you strike a balance when you're promoting something to them? By the way, have you noticed how he says balance? How do you strike a balance? A bam. <laughs> I am was from that, the Midwest. That so was your, he's totally Midwest. My A's are a little different. He was speaking Michigander there. I, I remember think. listening to your Gary Vee interview and just going, well, balance. <laughs> There's a lot of balance happening over there. <laughs> I like it. No, Hey, that's exactly what I'm talking about. No, well, I guess it's an it's a couple steps down the line mm-hmm. from what I'm talking about because you know what? I have no problem marketing something that I built out of just pure fucking joy. You know what I mean? Like it's really easy. Because like like NPR or like like This American Life or uh 99% Invisible or Radio Lab, right? It's really easy to market that pod those podcasts because they're like you don't pay for anything. We literally don't have a thing to sell you. We're run on donations and grants from the government. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like that is that is an interesting thing. Well, and I guess you what you would say is that's not a business. It's public benefiting stuff. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, some in some cases they have to sell you on making donations. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't. I I mean, I think there are a lot of different ways to pitch things, but in the end, I mean, your business has to sell something. Um, I think if you if you've built a strong enough relationship, the sales pitch can get really easy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you can um, just talk about sort of behind the scenes about what you're building, what problems it solves, and just be honest about that. And then in the end, you can just say, "Here it is." You know. Yeah, as you you know, you say honesty, and I think that's probably the key uh, to me to the answer to, to Nick's question. Um, and it should be said, Nick, thanks for the question. Nick's one of our star fizzlers, our fizz, one of the fizzle whizzes, fizzle wizards, I wanted to call them, but I was a bit too not womenly. We had, <laughs> Lizards? We have lots of fizzle wizard women, so we would call them whizzes. But the, the, the real trick of this is to not make it a trick. The real trick of this is that, no, it's, it's really just, it, it helps, it's valuable. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's really, um, you know, like my wife's super hippie woman, right? Yeah. I love her so much. She's gorgeous, and she's pregnant, like super pregnant, and she wanted to do a zero chemical pregnancy. It took a lot of research to find a good deodorant, <laughs> and but it took a long time to find a deodorant that's all natural. But man, when she found it, she bought like a nine hundred of them, right? Because it just so nailed the problem for yes, her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's there's like two sides to that. One is the thing that she found could have uniquely solved that problem. This is why we dwell on the unique selling proposition so hard. Yeah. Or differentiation. Because if that was if she had that problem and that literally was the only product that solved that problem, then it's a no brainer. I'm yeah. buying that product yeah. because it's the only thing out there. 
On the other hand, maybe there were others out there, but she did some research and found reviews and whatnot that said, of the things that will solve your problem of having stinky whatever body parts yeah. and you need a non-chemical deodorant, yeah. this is the best one. So there's kind of a couple of answers to that. If you want to make your job of selling things really easy, yeah. differentiate it, make it like a thing that solves a problem that nothing else solves, if yeah. you can do that, mm-hmm. um, and make it better than everything else as well. Because if it's better then your sales job becomes really easy. You put it out there and you say, hey, look, we created this deodorant and we think it's the best around. Um, Give it a shot. And here's what, you know, a hundred other people say about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And if those other hundred other people are saying, oh my God, this is incredible, then, you know, you don't have to do the selling. Somebody else is doing it for you. Yeah, and I think, so when I say that, like the trick is to not make it a trick. I mean, it's not about the color of your freaking button. And it's not about your headline, and it's not about your thing. It's about you know what Seth Godin calls the purple cow. Yeah, you know it, it means that the well maybe it's different than that. When he means when he says it's about the purple cow, it means your product itself is noteworthy enough, right? To that people that it sells itself in some ways. And what I mean, it, what I specifically mean on that is like you truly like there's a really there's a real dragon there that needs to be slayed, and you've made a real dragon slaying sword. Like it, re- it's not. You're not going to get there, and it's going to fall apart. Yeah, you're not going to get there, and it's not going to pierce the dragon's armor. You yep. know what I mean? It's literally what it's there for. Yeah, you know, what I mean? it's what it is. You know, so that is how. Yeah, that is the goal for all of and, us. And and thinking about Nick's question, you know, he said people know that they're being sold to, um, and people don't like being sold to. So how do you strike a balance when you're promoting something? It's it's always shitty to give somebody the answer, which is, well, in the first place, your product should be so good that, you know, because, yeah, you know, yeah. he might be asking this question because he has something for sale now and he's already down this path. So now yeah. he's at the point where he has to actually pitch something to someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, my preference is um, to focus on the benefits of the product and just tell people like, you know, here's what we built. Here's why we built it. Here's what we believe in. And here's how we think it can help you, yeah. you know, and just and just. Tell it like it is. Don't, you know, you don't have to hype, overhype everything. That's when people, that's when their BS meter goes off, right? When you really get into the hype cycle yeah. and you start using hyperbole and all these oh, yeah. different, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I, it's it, so part, so maybe, maybe part of it is just tactical on the language and the tone, you know, which is something that I, not that I've necessarily studied, but it's something that I, I'm addicted to. If I land on something that feels spammy like or scammy, like I'm out. Like it's, you're just so sensitive to it. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things we keep, continue to hear so much from people about with like, for example, Fizzle's marketing. It Because like we really think it, it's very helpful and good stuff. Yeah. There's a real problem here and we're actually doing, this is literally the best way we know to and, solve it. And you know what I think causes the, the spamminess of a lot of stuff or the scammy feeling is that Fundamentally, the focus that the person who's trying to sell the thing has yeah. is on making money, yeah. instead of focusing on solving a problem. Or like, yeah, which and now let's talk about the long term implications of that, right? Yeah. Which is like, and I, and I, I mean, are we just sitting here preaching to the choir? I don't know, but are we? I don't know. But the the thought being, you can go and you can set up a page to sell a thing to like like a like a salesman in a new town. Like a traveling salesman in a new town, you unload your briefcase, you do, you sell your wares, you do your thing, and you close up after you've sold your last thing, and you and you you 
You dust, wipe the dust off your feet, and you go to the next town, and you do the same thing. This guy's going to f- screw everyone he comes up with against because he's just moving on and moving on and moving on and right. moving on and moving on. Yep. And I think the better, uh, I'm the dumbest guy in the room, but I think the best path is the one where you're like, these are the people I'm going to serve for the next 15 to 20 years. Let's stick around. You know, like my, my rote advice to people who are like, you know, apparently it's a thing in the blogging world to have like a big massive schedule of launch stuff, right? Yep. This big, like how should I launch? You can buy products on just launching your product, right? Um, and my, I, whenever anybody asks me that, I'm always like, make something good, stick around for 10 or 15 years. Within the first three or four years, you'll probably get it pretty good, and then just make it better as time <laughs> right, goes on. Right, and like it's like that fifteenth year will be great. Right, you know what I mean? Because that the profitability of that business over that long haul is so much bigger than that salesman in a new town, in a new town, in a new town, in a new town, and then next year has to figure out a new product to hawk out to them. Yeah, and I, you know? I mean, I don't know, like in terms of profitability, I mean, some of those sales guys make a lot of money, but um, to me. It's far more satisfying, gratifying to create something that's of value yep. and to have someone say, you know what, thank you so much because the thing that you built changed my life in this way. Yep. Like that, getting that story or that thank you letter or whatever is, um, to me, that's like the greatest achievement a business can can have. Yeah. Caleb, what are you hearing over there? And what do you have to say to Nick? I really don't have anything to add. I think that ended it well, actually. <laughs> we have uh, We have another question. Yeah, sure. So Barrett and Fizzle says, Corbett, when it was time to make the first hire into the Think Traffic family, what were the qualities you looked for? How did you end up deciding that Caleb and then now Chase were the right guys to move the business forward? Well, all right. <clears throat> you guys are going to hear this for the first time, and okay. I, I feel I feel kind of bad about doing this on the air. Should we cover our ears? No, no, no. You should keep them over. <laughs> cue, so, cue interesting. Cue mellow music. Like, it's moody. Yeah. So to begin that? with, I had never worked with anyone that was six feet four or above. And so, you know, I just, I lined up the candidates. That was the first line on my resume was my height. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh six, four, about 135 pounds. I'm, I'm a six, four, um, I'm six, four. <laughs> so, um, so that was that. And then I changed my mind and went back to guys that were <laughs> six feet or under. And right. you're like, I'll chased. try, t- I'll try tall guys. And then I'll try a smaller guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Next, I don't know where we're going to go. Yeah. We're probably going to hire a really short guy. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Peter Dinklage is going to work for us next. <laughs> um, so when it came time to make the first hire into Think Traffic. So for me, okay, so let's set now some context Now I can't get Peter here. Dinklage out of my head. <laughs> All I want to do is go, Cersei, <laughs> father, I love that prostitute. Oh, he's the best. So, uh, to set some context, um, I had been running a blog for a couple of years. Uh, I had, like I said, I started a blog while on sabbatical. Eventually, I started Think Traffic, which was a blog that was aimed at solving a particular problem. And I grew a business out of that blog. And that business got to a point where it was going well, and it was just me running things. And I essentially had not taken a vacation, like a real vacation for a decade or so, but especially um, not while I was running Think Traffic. I, you know, I couldn't step away from the blog for more than a day or two without feeling like 
you know, I was letting a bunch of people down because I wasn't there to answer their questions or solve their product problems or issue refunds or whatever it was. So I just needed someone else there. And the business was so small that I needed someone who could cover all the bases, basically. I wanted someone who could edit blog posts. I wanted someone who knew a little of the technology stuff in case something broke. I needed someone who could, you know, talk to customers intelligently, um, help me build new products, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I was lucky because I had an audience and basically I just wrote a blog post and said, look, I'm looking for someone to help me out part time to begin with. And I think it'll grow into a full time role. You know, send your your application here. Caleb, thankfully, was one of those people. And um, what I really liked about Caleb's story was that he himself was a blogger as well. He had gone through you know, the full cycle of starting the thing up, trying to figure out who the audience was, growing an initial audience, starting to, you know, um, get his blog to a decent size and um, understood all of that stuff and also was really excited about it. So this is another thing. You were talking about the self-indulgence, like hiring people, you got to find people who love your mission, that are really committed to the thing, it is, you know, that you build. You want, you don't want somebody who's just a craftsman and doesn't give a shit about your mission. Mm. You want somebody who's both, yeah. you know? a craftsman and, and cares about your mission. So that's how I found Caleb. I mean, he just, he stood out amongst all of those people that applied. Yeah. Um, as far as chase goes, um, I was looking for a, a drinking buddy at a conference once and, <laughs> and basically, uh, we've been glued at the hip since then, I think. Yeah. Before I knew it, we were in New York with our wives <laughs> and well, before that we were in Mexico and did we do, yeah, we did that. Yeah. It was weird. That was, that was a fast friendship. Yeah. It was a fast friendship. I didn't. You, uh, I just remember Derek being. He sure like, did cultivate you, as we were talking really, about yesterday. I mean, <laughs> I said this before, and I'll say it again. I felt very cultivated. <laughs> I felt very cultivated. So what? What? What was it with about me? What was? What was that? Like, how did that? Ha- why? Why did that happen so fast? Well, I mean, besides, I, think, I mean, we, we were just, in love. I yeah, mean, exactly. We just get along. Um, as far as the business stuff goes, I mean, I think um, uh, you know, I. I have long admired businesses that are built around uh, a creative mind as opposed to just an analytical mind. And I think Caleb and I, you know, we're heavy on the analytical side. There are so many spreadsheets between you two. <laughs> we have a lot of spreadsheets. Literally Google Docs is like, oh, There are definitely one. more, too, because you don't typically attend those meetings. So oh, there's, see, there's spreadsheets been, in spreadsheets. Yeah. Lit- I have never been to one of those It's really meetings. meta. Oh, man. Sometimes we... <laughs> sometimes... Oh, talk about indulgence. <laughs> Caleb has like three monitors just so he can have six spreadsheets open at once. <laughs> He's got like tachometers of just like, oh, well, uh, how many cells we got? Oh, we got three, three million cells across all of our exactly. spreadsheets. Caleb, are you annoyed with Google's spreadsheets that it like automatically ends at row at column T or something? Yeah, and, and you, you got to like it. add on and you can only do one at a time. Oh, yeah. that's got I need horrible. like fifty more at a time. Yeah, I need just... I need like the sixty five thousand that Excel oh, gives sure. you. Yeah. I bet you could. No, no, no. Maybe you could select them all and right click. <laughs> that's is that your knowledge of spreadsheets? I don't know. I would <laughs> flip the doodad and maybe do the dingus. Yeah, yeah. So any anywho, so you're um, saying that you're very analytical. I'm analytical, exactly, and um, and I just uh, you know I know that there are a lot of really interesting companies that um, have a design and creative oriented person you know at the top of the organization and um that just appealed to me and then you know we so basically we did a trial project chase Mm -hmm. redesigned the thinktraffic.net blog and uh we got you know critical acclaim everybody loves it 
um, conversions went through the roof. And so I saw that it wasn't just, you know, you know, you weren't just interested in the aesthetics, but you also were thinking about... I was just interested in the aesthetics. <laughs> and you just got lucky? I think I just got lucky. Well, I was interested in the branding, like the... The big picture stuff, branding. Yeah. Like the, uh, the bit, like I was like, what is this business and what does it stand for? That's the first thing I all typically ask of any design client is like, what do we stand for? Right. Because I'm hungry for a thing to stand for. It's like um, that fun song. We're going to see fun in a few weeks or whenever. Yeah. In October. When is it? Like, That's going to be fun. It's like a million years. It's going to be from so now. fun. But um, it's going to be fun, period. <laughs> but there's that song. Some nights, some nights, I stay up, casual, bad luck. But what do I stand for? <laughs> what do I stand yeah. for? <laughs> Nailed it. I, I was just gonna get there a little quicker. Yeah, you're really good. Not at that. that your mum- I had, I not that your mumbly lyrics weren't awesome. <laughs> I was trying to remember what it was, and it's literally with the words I had just said. But um, I say it literally so much. I do. I think maybe I picked that up from you because people are mocking we, me now that I say be it so much. Honest about this, you know who says it best? Who? Rob Lowe on uh, Parks, Parks and Recreation. And Rec. He says oh. it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of. Literally. It, it's no, literally. But he says literally. Literally. No, he goes, literally. Oh, really? Because I picked that up in Ireland. Literally. Raspberry. Literally. The R- raspberry. Yogurt. <laughs> Yo- yogurt. <laughs> I'd like a yogurt. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the what do I stand for thing? Yeah. Like the, the angst of that fun song. Like my wife literally, she, she like won't talk to me if that's on. She just cranks it up and just. Like fist like pumps, fist pumps, big time, <laughs> um, and because it's such a it's such a thing, it, it, it represents so much of the twenty year old like psyche, you yeah. know, even like the the teens and all the way. But to me, I'm thirty and I'm still just like, what do I stand for? I'm still very much trying to figure it out. I think it's a question people I bring with their whole life. My existential crisis to every design. <laughs> I think that's the reason why I think traffic ended up because yeah. We, because when what, how does that that doesn't come out in colors and things like that? It comes out in copy. Mm-hmm. It comes out in the headline we used on the yeah, and the line. colors should you know support the, the copy. Co- and color, the, mission. the colors don't mess it up. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. That's exactly. the, the the colors just don't mess it up. Yeah. The layout doesn't mess it up. Right, it makes it feel fresh and interesting. Yeah. So my point being, yeah. when I when I was thinking about okay, you know, I got I, I found Mini Me Caleb, <laughs> which is actually like <laughs> Maxi Me or something. <laughs> Because he's far taller than I am, <laughs> we uh, we had you know that aspect covered in spades, the ticking and tying the boxes and mm-hmm. and getting into a sauna so yeah, hard that it makes hurt. Chase's eyes bleed. <laughs> but a sauna, not getting into a sauna, but a sauna. <laughs> the uh, getting into a sauna so hard it makes Chase's eyes bleed. The uh, <laughs> So this week on the podcast, getting into a sauna so hard and makes Chase's eyes bleed. <laughs> that's going to be a great opener because I know exactly where that's going. <laughs> miércoles, miércoles, miércoles. Este sábado. <laughs> sábado tarde. <laughs> you'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> oh, so, oh, put a fork in it. <laughs> so just to wrap this up, <laughs> this thought. I think it's a, a great idea to find people to work with who balance you out or mm-hmm. who bring, who fill your gaps, basically, you know? And um, uh, there are a lot of, there were a lot of <laughs> gaps in terms of. I'm sitting here trying not to laugh and I can't even do it in front of you. <laughs> anyway, Thanks so you're saying, Thanks Caleb, I really fill your gaps. No, you fill my gaps. <laughs> 
Caleb's just there to to make sure that we don't get too off track. So you, so what, what was Barrett Barrett's original lot. question was ha, was what? How did you find the right people, or what yeah. made you decide? Yeah, exactly. That it was and how did I find the right people to help? What qualities, and how did you forward? end up deciding? Yeah, okay. and I mean, the other thing that I really look for is um, people who are super self motivated. The kind of people who will show up on Monday and go, "Hey, you know." Um, I was looking at this and that, and I really think we should be doing this differently and that differently. So if it's all right with you, I'm going to do these things yeah. instead of someone that shows up and says, uh, what would you like me to work on today? Mm-hmm. You know, because in the, you just have limited capacity to direct people. And I find yeah. that it's just faster for me to do something myself than to tell someone how to do it or what to be doing. Yeah. So that's a really key aspect for me when I, when I find people to work with is mm-hmm. I just want people with ideas and the motivation to just start working on them. And now we use this whole, unless I hear differently. Yeah, let's uh, talk about that. Rubric. Really yeah. quick, here's a simple, simple tactic that we learned from Chris Johnson, who was featuring uh, largely in, our, in all of our, our in this conversation. In this conversation. Today. He yeah. started it off, and now uh, he's coming close to ending it. But uh, he had a tactic in, in this physical, physical uh, interview that. that um, maybe that we, could just just, maybe blew, we could just play it. Blew my mind. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and play that. Another thing that your fizzlers need is a bias for action. And we do that. The, the most important phrase, another thing that I'm going to tattoo here mm-hmm. after don't interrupt people, is, <laughs> is uh, unless I hear differently. Okay? okay? That is the phrase that runs our company. You've okay. mentioned this before. Tell me about it. So, so unless I hear differently, this is what I'm going to do with clients, with subordinates, with staff, with everybody. Okay, I don't give Dennis, my, um, my project manager, my director of details, he doesn't get to ask me questions. Mm. He gets to come to me with an unless I hear differently, this is what I'm going to do. It respects your clients. It gives them the opportunity for feedback, okay? Yeah. But it does, not, it does not say, what do I do next? It says, we have answers, we take action, and the whole company runs that way. Unless I hear differently, I'm going to do that. And getting everybody on that, singing from that script yeah. book, makes you move faster and Even just and within better. Fizzle, where we, I can see us start, I'm going to make us start to use that because when I send out an email that's like what I'm what I mean to be doing is I'm going to do this chime in if if I shouldn't but I'm starting to work on it now you know what right. I mean and anybody they'll chime in if I need to not if right. I shouldn't it do that ch- it yeah. gives them a chance for feedback and it consolidate and if you're working in a partnership it consolidates po- power of the business and the direction to whoever's taking the most action and showing the most initiative mm-hmm. so you know it, it consolidates power in client relationships it consolidates power because you get the power from the client yeah. unless I hear differently I'm going to assume that this is approved and I'm going to move on if you have any qu- questions you need to do this by 6 o'clock yeah. and sometimes they won't do it till the next morning I know you said 6 o'clock but this is something we can work with that. I mean, yeah. we don't have to like, you know, we're not jerks to our clients. Sure, sure, we can work with it, but but we're, we're taking action and moving forward. Okay. I love that. So what I love about that so much is like just what you're getting at, Corbett. I always, now that I'm sitting next K- to you, I K- want to call K- you Caleb for some reason. It's cool. But uh, what, what I like about it is this, what he calls a bias for action. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it not enforces, but it encourages a bias for action. Fosters, if you will. Fosters. A bias for action within your team. Meaning, like, unless I hear differently, this is what's going to happen. As a, like, now, that versus, what should we do? Should we do this or should we do that? Right. Right? And the guy that you're saying you want is the guy that chooses one and says, unless I hear differently, yeah. I'm going to do that. And this is something that we've pulled into our process, and we use it all the time. We just write capital U-I-H-D, Yep. Unless I hear differently. And in fact, you guys should check out unlessihearedifferently.com. Yep. Uh, because we made a little site there that, that 
That's just a fun little little uh, one pager. But unless I hear differently, dot com. That's all we need to really say about it. You'll watch the video; it's very great. Um, so and, you were looking for this bias for action, yeah. And of course, you know the bias for action is great, but that also means that you really have to trust someone's judgment yeah. and intellect at the same time. Um, in order to be comfortable with their their bias for action, so yeah. that's the other side of the coin. You got to look for people who are um, who you just you think are going to make good decisions mm-hmm. because their morals and you know thought process are kind of in the same place, and somebody who's smart enough to do a job you know well. Yeah. Okay. In summary, you know, I remember uh, I've been thinking about this like kind of this idea of like gathering these this these rules of business kind of similar to your to your um uh list what matters uh, list. of what matters yeah. right in some ways like these things that matter to us about how we do business and i think the one that i would put on there today or the one that i feel really comfortable with after today's conversation is don't be too self-indulgent kind of similar to don't work too hard you know what i mean mm-hmm. in that it's not descriptive it doesn't say how much self-indulgence is okay and how much isn't. We're a big boy. We can figure it out on our own. Yeah. Don't be too self-indulgent. Know the line and don't cross that kind of thing. Yeah. That, yeah. And some days we go further than others. You know. Well, yeah. And, and you know, figure out where that line is. Yeah. You know, and, and I think in the beginning it's okay to thrash around from one side to the other. Just don't get in a rut where you're, you know, self-indulgent, trying to solve your own problems, not caring about an audience enough. Yeah. And then not exploring the other side of that. You know, um, I think in the beginning you should try both. Try talking about yourself and to see if people find you interesting and whatever. And also on the other end of the spectrum, just go whole hog on I'm only thinking about the audience, only talking to them, and only trying to solve their problems and there's no personality in yeah, it and see yeah. how that goes. And and then find the happy medium in, in between. I have been Chase Wardman. Well, for, I mean, I think this has been helpful. I think so. For me, I'm still very much like in the throes of just looking at the next 10, 15 years of my life and just saying like, this is it, it which is, do what, please <laughs> let, let me know. know if this ain't love, you gotta let me know if this is it. That's wow. Good. See, I was actually some Huey Lewis right the there. Bon Iver, or sorry, Bahagan Iver, Bahagan Iver, Bon Iver, Bon Iver. Yeah, whatever. Uh, there's a song where he's like, oh, "On such a good album." Oh my god, when he just goes, "This is it," but it doesn't. It's when I do that now, it just sounds just like <laughs> it just sounds exactly the, like the Huey, Huey Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I feel like this is a big. This has always been a theme for me. A question for me is like, I'm and I'm penduluming. I go back and forth. Pendulum, penduluming. It's a verb. Okay. Look it up. Okay. And we, on an internet dictionary. They Caleb, update those quickly. Caleb, look that up, please. <laughs> but I'm penduluming. You know, where it's like, it, I go back and forth between them. Yeah. On one side is like, you just create something valuable to other people. Find yeah. out what their needs are. Yeah. They have these kinds of dragons. Make a sword for that kind of dragon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Just do that for the rest of your life. Yeah. I love that. I love the concept of the craftsman. Yeah. Right? Because it's like you wake up and you go to work. Yeah. And this is what it's like. Right? But then on the other side, it's like, I want to make art, man. Let I really want to make something yeah. interesting. Let me let me blow your mind. If, or let me try to. All right. There is a way in which helping other people is self-indulgent. Boom. Because, because it becomes so 
satisfying to solve other people's problems and be and be rewarded for it monetarily or otherwise that it's it's a form of self-indulgence that i think completes the whole package you know there's a there's the self-indulgence of i just want to make art and do stuff that i think is fun but doing it for a broader audience in a way that they find interesting and and are willing to compensate you for Mm -hmm. it or whatever that's self-indulgent at the same time yeah and i like it but i'm not just interested in being self-indulgent because self-indulgent has such a negative vibe doesn't it self-indulgent is like quit being (laughs) self-indulgent You know, it's selfish, like a yeah. grandma says yeah. that to you with, yeah. with an English accent. Right, 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 right. But like, what I'm really meaning is this, is this, is this, like what I just said about art, you know? Yeah. I kind of, I really want to make something interesting and, and think, well, I want to make something my peers say like, hey, that was really cool. Yeah. And they didn't have to buy it to say that. You know what I mean? Let's, let's, let's talk in another episode about art, about the art of whatever it is that you do and, and maybe just, you know, about yeah. About creating because the concept of what is art is is what's the difference between art and business? Mm-hmm. And because for me the lines I don't really have many lines between the two. I love commerce. I feel like it's like death. It's the great equalizer. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, when you have an audience or you have to serve an audience in yeah. order to get paid. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I feel good about this. I feel fantastic about this. Gosh, we. I feel better than both of you. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, out there. what adjective are you going to use that's better than fantastic, Caleb? Stupendous. I mean, Woo! speaking of helpful, am I right? Have we not been so helpful today? I don't know. That, I don't that's know. that not sounds a little to, self-indulgent yeah. right there. <laughs> that's not for us to judge, Chase. <laughs> oh, okay. I have been Chase Wardman-Reeves. And I have been Corbett Barr. And I have been Caleb Logic. We are so happy to know you. Thanks for being here. So there you have it. The real trick of this thing is to not make it a trick at all. Thanks, Nick and Barrett, for your questions. If you liked this, would you consider, and maybe maybe don't consider, maybe just go, go do it. Leave us a review, an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it means the world to us because it helps that struggling entrepreneur, isolated, alone, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, mania, depression, whatever. All of these things that you've probably dealt with, I certainly have. It helps that person find the show and hopefully start feeling a little more comfortable in their own skin, taking those steps forward. Do you know who Peter Dinklage is? Do you want to see a link to who he is? I think you should. The guy's phenomenal. He's great. Do you want to see that uh, UIHD page that we mentioned, the Unless I Hear Differently? There's links to all of the stuff that we mention in here. And conversation from other people who are right now listening to this to this conversation over at fizzleshow.com slash 12 one two f-i-z-z-l-e show.com slash 12 so the trick of this whole thing is to not make it a trick create something valuable something useful and it's our sincere hope here at the fizzle show that you find your path to doing so in a way that is you in a way that makes you feel comfortable in your own skin. Kind of like the way a Louis C.K. joke makes me feel. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, and uh, speaking of next week, we're actually going to start airing these episodes on Friday. Fizzle Show 
Friday. It's got a nice ring to it. You got to admit it. Okay? So next Friday, the next episode is going to be out by the time you wake up. Um, Fizzle Show Friday. I will talk to you then. Hope you're well. Bye-bye.